My deep appreciation of theater history was instilled in me by Tom Empey, a college mentor to me and hundreds of others. While teaching Greek theater terms, he would grab the fabric of his slacks and say, You see these pants? Euripides, Eumenides making light of content that could be considered rather dry and stuffy while still maintaining respect for the art, which is what I want to do with this podcast. For each episode, I invite a guest from the many paths my theater career has taken me down. I give my guests no idea what we'll be talking about, but they know we're going to find an outrageous story about theater history and perhaps get a better understanding about why we're still doing it after all these years. So welcome to Euripides Humanities, and I am your host, Aaron Odom. friends and listeners. This is Aaron Odom coming to you again. But before we get into today's episode, I am keeping up my promise to you to talk to you about a show that's coming up that's really cool. For those of you that are in New York, you can go see this live. Uh, Misdemeanor Dream, put on by Spider-Woman Theater. This will be going on at the La Mama Theater. And it's going from March 10th to the 27th, 2022. Uh, I've recently been sent some materials from it. Gosh, what a cool production this is. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by Spider-Woman's ability to blend a whole bunch of different art forms together to give a really cool, like an introspective on how we express ourselves as people. All from also the voice of indigenous peoples in North America. This play, like some of their other plays, uh, takes place on what they call Turtle Island, which, for those of you who might have studied this in the past, you recognize as what some tribes have referred to as North America, because there are some beliefs that uh, North America was formed on the back of a giant turtle. If you want to check it out, look them up. I'm going to leave links to the descriptions here, but I tell you what, just the idea of, of combining old to new Storytelling methods is so similar to how this was done in the West. I'm very fascinated by how we're going to be able to see how stories are told from an indigenous perspective. So, yeah, check them out. Uh, La Mama Theater is going to be showing Spider-Woman's Misdemeanor Dream March 10th through the 27th, 2022. And now to today's episode of Euripides Humanities, a theater history podcast. Hello, my friends and listeners. This is Aaron Odom from Trident Theater in Sheridan, Wyoming, coming to you again with a very special episode of Euripides Humanities, a theater history podcast. Today, I have several guests on the show because this is the group that this last year Trident produced Rocky Horror Picture Show with. And for those of you that have never seen it, um, sorry you're lame. Um, (laughs) That's terrible to say. But no, seriously, when it's showing, go see it. It is always a great time. So today on the show with me, I have several people. I have uh, Bailey Hansen, who played our Magenta. 
I have Allison Sweeney, who played our Rocky. I have Cameron Allender, who was our Riff Raff. I have Catherine Mansfield, who played one of our party goers, but great backdrop personality. Thank like you. always, yes, it was so fun to watch you slither all over <laughs> and offer up so many call outs. We'll talk about that later. Uh, and Morgan Reynolds, who was our Magenta. Jesus Christ. I haven't seen you guys forever. Yeah. All right. Let's try that again. Bailey was our magenta. God damn it. Okay. But Morgan was our magenta. Bailey was our Columbia. There, I got it right. Wow. Okay. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. This is so great. This is so great. And... You might be wondering, listeners, why we are talking about this particular topic today. Uh, there are those times as theater artists where we work on a show and we go, okay, that was just another notch in the belt. I had a good time with that show. This performance for us was quite transformative. Am I right in assuming that? Yes. 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 Without a shadow. Of okay. Um, yeah, we all gained a lot from this. Now, let me go ahead and describe to the listeners kind of what happened that night. We had one performance. One. And if you haven't seen the show, what usually happens is we play the classic 1975 movie up on a screen. And at several points, several of the actors represent characters that are playing in the movie. And they play them live. And this Rocky Horror Picture Show, this was, jeez, oh was this like the ninth year we've done it in a row? Something like that? think so that sounds no, right. like nine in a row something like that i don't that. know i kind of just got here i <laughs> i have been involved with the last six in some capacity and this one was my first year directing it on my own but for some reason it seems like the people that love this show in this town came out in droves out of 300 seats available we sold 285 I know. Just the amount of personality that everybody had packed it even more. Like I've yeah. seen yeah. audiences of 500 that had less presence. It was, than it that. was crazy. Right. We've done it awesome. here at the college before, and there's just a handful of people. And at the Wyo, it was packed. Yeah. Well, not only was it packed, it was packed with. Absolutely. Yes. Mm -hmm. But also just people who wanted to wear a costume. Or people who were exploring themselves and needed to be in a safer environment. Yeah. And around people who weren't going to judge them immediately. I saw somebody who may have been trying out what it felt like to be a man that night. And put I, I swear to God, they like put on like makeup to have stubble and and like flannel and mm -hmm. suspenders and like I'm being a dude tonight. <laughs> I am feeling my my dude tonight. So one thing that we talked about very early on in the process, like we started to sit down and talk about rehearsal stuff. I was very, very big on stage intimacy, which we'll probably talk about. And I've talked about it on several other episodes of the show. So Morgan, tell us a little bit about what you came into this with. Well, um, when I first heard about the whole intimacy training, I was kind of excited, but also a little nervous because I wasn't ready to be touched. 
And so I wasn't, I was like, I don't know these people. I don't know how to make this work. I got really lucky being paired with Cameron. And so I was able to call him and be like, hey, can we practice this a little bit more? Like, mm. I don't feel comfortable. Like, I, we don't know each other very well. Yeah. And that changed our entire performance. Oh, right. absolutely. That hour we stayed behind and did everything. And I, and I was right there with you. I was absolutely terrified of that. Um, being a assigned male at birth person myself, I was very worried of the idea of making you uncomfortable with as much intimacy. And so I am very glad we got a chance to really get comfortable with each other. Right. And, and Rocky Horror is a show where if you're going to do it right, <laughs> you do it all. You better be all over each other. Yeah. Yeah. You better and, go big or go home. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can't really tiptoe around it. No, no, no. Again, I'll address what stage intimacy is. It's just a training where generations before, you're just expected, if it says on a page, man and woman kiss, well, you just have to do that. Regardless of what might be going on personally for the actors playing those roles. You know, that could be something where a man might be incredibly uncomfortable being almost forced to kiss somebody who is a total stranger. And for women who, uh, I was just talking about this with uh, uh, Andra, my, my, the woman who walks beside me last night. I was like, so have you ever been harassed in a bathroom? And she says, no, not harassed in a bathroom, but anywhere else. And I would imagine any of you who are women, or as I have identified as women at some point, have felt that. Yep. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> so, for you to be put in the position, here, kiss this stranger. Oh, boy. Sounds <laughs> like so much fun. Right. I can't wait to have this trauma tonight. <laughs> so that was something that we talked about. There, there is a lot of work on permissions. You know, a lot of work on connecting with your partner and saying things like, just so you know, tonight, my shoulders might feel funny. Or like, stay away from my midsection because there's something about that tonight that just doesn't feel right. Then there might be some nights where it's like, I am feeling wild and loose and have at it. Everything is open. Yep. Yeah, seriously. And that for your partner can be like a little bit freeing also intimidating but at the same time it, it oh. is a it is a consent thing it is a huge consent thing absolutely so it's also a very huge trust thing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i say freeing was probably the best word for that freeing it, just, oh, it felt freeing really i don't know it just felt great to kind of like connect with someone like that and like touching way but also it was like more than that after that like yeah. mm -hmm. after we kind of connected in that way we connected in like a billion other ways. It was like emotional, know? like, you know Absolutely. what I mean? Like, you trust that person to be able to, like, touch you in a, like, very intimate way, right. and, like, you don't have to worry about, mm -hmm. you know, any, like, misinterpretations or anything like that, and, like, yeah. And while we were going through the rehearsal process, I'm going to say this as your director, y'all surprised me a lot during the performance. <laughs> And not me tearing off my shirt during time work. Oh, that, was that was one. That was one. There were a few things, though, and, and it was very much fueled by the audience who yeah. ate this show oh, up with man. a spoon. I, I don't think I could have been as, like, energetic and had yeah. so much adrenaline if, like, the audience wasn't that way. Oh, man. And it was euphoric. It was awesome. <laughs> like, I... 
I was just on stage. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. <laughs> like, people are standing up, cheering, and I was just, mm-hmm. I was. Well, the moment I was really waiting for comes after the time warp. When we are doing the time warp with the audience, mm-hmm. the entire crowd did it with us. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. Not ridiculous. It was amazing awesome. to be able to connect with a, a group like that. And that happens in Rocky Horror Picture Show productions all over. Mm-hmm. But for us, for them, for that time, it seemed incredibly timely. Everybody just needed to feel good. And damn it, did we. But the moment <laughs> yeah. I was waiting for was the first Frankenfurter reveal. Yes. Oh. <laughs> that Don't touch whole the wing of <laughs> The crowd. I've never heard a crowd get that loud. Oh my god. Over so a reveal. <laughs> it was so great. So what I mean is there's the the you know, if you've seen the movie, Tim Curry comes down from an elevator and he's got this big cloak around him. And then there's this great moment where the cape or the cloak comes flying off and you see him in his lingerie and and his pumps and the Fish little uh, the glubby things yeah. and amazing makeup and pearls and so Literally. our frank uh we had a a, a woman play frank mm-hmm. and we're going to talk to her at some point she couldn't make it today but my god that cape went flying off i'm getting goosebumps just I thinking know. about <laughs> it <laughs> yep. that cape went flying off and that crowd just Erupted. was beside itself, <laughs> yeah. screaming. It went wild. You couldn't hear the song going no. on. No, yeah, I, I was on stage. No, and no I one could hear the song. Okay. I now, literally like missed my cue because I was like, "What's <laughs> happening? Where are we right now?" So many people missed their cues and stuff, but like it was okay. <laughs> Whatever. It, it looks great anyway. No, no idea. Everybody no. was like, everybody up there is the sexiest thing that they've Everyone ever was seen. Everyone watching Frank anyway. Is That's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. yeah, our Frank was so bomb. Oh my oh, god. Oh god, I love. Working with her. Same. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. Ugh, I wish you could be here today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. We can no. shower her in affection over There we go. There we go. She's going to hear this yes, later yes, and just be like, like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now, I will say, I don't know, and I want to hear from you two, mm-hmm. Bailey and, and uh, Allison, about how that inspired you to go a little bit further. Because, Bailey, there was a moment in. <laughs> In uh, Hot Patootie, yeah. where, oh God, oh. okay, so Bailey, oh. Bailey has this gold glittery vest with sequins all over. Yes, that's exactly the moment I'm talking about. I never did it in rehearsal. And Bailey had, uh, what did you have under, was it, was it, it a was like a, It was or? like a, like a bralette. Kind yeah, of. a bralette. Yeah, a lacy bralette. And so, you know, she's out there dancing with Eddie, and at some point, she just went, yep, this is happening, and ripped that vest open. The house went nuts! <laughs> What? What inspired you to do that? Honestly, I have no idea because I never thought in a million years that I would do that, (laughs) like, ever. But I don't know. It was something about, like, first of all, because, like, we had all been talking in the dressing room because we were all very nervous. Like, you know, (laughs) it was all, like, really excited energy, but, you know, just that pre-show, like, Mm -hmm. nervousness. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, like, right before Ticino went out. Um, being like right right before Tasina went out was like I'm so nervous about this like and I, we were like you're gonna kill it and something about Tasina going out there and watching her like rip off that cape and I was like mm. 
if Tasina can do this, I can fucking do this. Like, <laughs> like, I was out there and like, I don't know, I just looked at Patrick and we were just like killing it and everyone was yelling and I was like, oh, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Like, I, I was like, I'm never going to like feel like this again. Like, oh. this mm-hmm. is what I have and like, okay, go for it. So I just, I don't know, I just did it and it felt really fucking right. good. So like, there was... There was everyone had risky things that they went for. There was no risks that went untaken that night. And every single one of them paid off tremendously, Mm -hmm. I must say. It's just Mm -hmm. one of those, like, it's one of those spaces that if you're like, I've worked really hard to feel good about the people I'm working with and Mm -hmm. about myself, and if I'm going to take this risk, it's one of those situations that everyone's going to be like, oh my god, and not like, what is with that like weird spot on your stomach or what? Right, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Right, Everyone's right. like really hyped up about the movie and everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's not like they're going to be like honing in and like critiquing one specific thing. So I was like, if I've worked this hard to try and like accept myself through this, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go for it mm-hmm. and like have a bigger moment to think about instead of honing in on one small thing that I can critique later, right. if that makes right. sense. Because I mean, that's... That's one of those things that you hear about. Like they say, you know, the thing that people fear more than death is speaking in public. Yeah. <laughs> and then there are those, obviously, those people who will not ever go on stage ever because right. then you're on display and everybody sees you. Uh-huh. And there's a number of things that can go into that, but body image is a huge mm-hmm. issue for that. Yeah. Like everybody has things about their body that they're like, please never see this. Yeah. You mean my whole body? Yeah. <laughs> But you put that so much on display yeah, that night, Cameron, and that was amazing. Killer. And I never could have done it without all of you. Yeah, guys. it was. I mean, awesome. all of the AFABs here in the room can attest that. Um, <laughs> like, my my favorite, up. my favorite memory, at least a personal moment from the show, was during that first dress rehearsal when I came out in my space alien outfit, and I had only oh, vaguely described what I was going to come out in. Which was essentially um, <laughs> the gold and silver um, um, spaceman coat that didn't actually fit me, so I wore it as a cape rather than a jacket. Yeah. Um, and I proceeded to wear a black thong and green fishnet stockings, uh-huh. and at least three cans of spray body glitter. <laughs> And just to um, add a little bit of sci-fi comedy to it, I put the little um, silver um, spring ball headbands on, which (laughs) slipped over my eyes during the main performance. Oh my god. So halfway through that scene, um, Riff had bug eyes, and it was great. Oh god. But um, I remember um, fully looking at that, seeing all of my legs, like, the only thing that you couldn't see was directly my crotch because Uh there was black underwear under everything else. But I was so terrified in that moment that I kind of had to say, I need my people to back me up on this and Mm -hmm. push me to do this. And I mean, that was probably like a real moment of trust and connection that I had with everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't like talking about when I'm insecure about my things. Right. But, who does? Um, that, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, I'm really vulnerable about this. Yeah, guy. Right? but like... being able to trust a a group of assigned female at birth people to like give me encouragement on body positivity oh. was a major progressive moment of like trust and intimacy as oh, yeah. a group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, and, and it helped that every time that anyone got off stage, we were like, you did it! Did you were like, yes! Yeah, oh, you look so hot, damn it! I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
can say with absolute certainty that this cast brought together an environment of mutual respect, understanding, consent, and trust in one another. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That I honestly don't think I'll ever experience this with anyone else ever it, it, again. It was like such a unique like experience right? and like group of people. Absolutely. Like, the chemistry is, And I yeah. mean, you can all attest to just how much I bugged everybody with my consent checks. <laughs> I appreciate it so much. Anytime like... I had to touch anybody, the moment we got off stage, I would check in to make sure everybody was okay. How we had to check in and make sure, like, see how people's bodies were feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I really remember from our first time with me and Morgan working together is you said you didn't want your neck or face touched but then by the end of that one hour one-on-one get to know each other get to work with one another i believe we did the surprise thing where at the very end of our little alien dance routine i just fully <laughs> grab your face and oh use God, that momentum yes. almost oh, in like yeah. the pro- yeah. um, this almost to like spin. very primal growly snatch of your throat <laughs> and then we use that to spin each other around to get back into our spaces and Ooh. it was sexy. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And I I will say this. The amount of time and work we put into establishing a backstage relationship with each other translated so well on stage. And to me personally, I have never felt such a moment of comfort and trust and intimacy with another person as I did with you dancing on that stage in wow. front of everybody. That's great. There I mean, that, that is um, amazing and wonderful. And, you know, as... That's too much. Th- the thing about it is it's a, it's a 100-minute movie. Mm-hmm. At best, we probably got out there for about 18 minutes of stage time. Yeah. <laughs> really? Because there, there were a couple things. There were a couple things that I wanted to ensure. And, you know, one of the... I hate to say unfortunate results of the COVID pandemic and everybody really focusing on what is appropriate and what is not. I mean, I've talked on this show about plays that we can't really do anymore yeah. because we look at it today. We can't, it can't hold up to today's standards of appropriateness. Yeah. <laughs> there were some things in that that I'm like, okay, we all are talking about being very open with each other and very vulnerable, sensuous with our bodies and, and, and tapping into that. But there were times like Frank openly coming in to visit with Brad and Janet after they've kind of been seduced Mm -hmm. and really having some very naughty times with them. (laughs) And that in today's climate is like, that's not entirely okay. Yeah, there's not some explicit consent there. No, 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 no. By today's standards, that (laughs) those scenes were that was full stop rape. That's that's date rapey. That's very very much. I mean, he he came in and they both protested and through just like forced physical contact, Mm -hmm. got them to a point where they were excited about that. Yeah. Okay. That happened in the movie. I didn't want anybody in this cast to do that because. To be perfectly frank, there are people out there who cannot separate an actor from their character. We're in a small community here. I didn't want any of you to be seen as a rapist or as a victim. Because that, you know, regardless of what may have happened to you, I don't know if any of those things have happened to you, and I'm not asking you to share that. But if that did happen to you, you do not need to be seen that way. I thought that was incredibly important. So the scenes that we did do were about positivity. And being the best version of your sexy self that you can be. 
think we all nailed that on the head. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm going to, I said I wanted to talk to both Bailey and Allison, and I did not talk to Allison about this because one of my <laughs> biggest surprises in the show was a dress rehearsal night. <laughs> Uh, when we got out and did the floor show, yep. okay? Now that is when you have, uh, let's see, it's Columbia and then uh, Rocky and then Brad and Janet do a little kind of burlesque striptease number. <laughs> now, um, Allison was our Rocky Horror, okay? Rocky Horror is the perfect being that Frank has made for sexual pleasure. So Rocky is only about six hours old at this point <laughs> and still learning all this stuff about body, but has been imbued with this DNA <laughs> to just be hot as fuck. The whole time. <laughs> yep. So Allison comes out and is doing her little dance, and we're like, yep, that is appropriately sexy. And then turns upstage, and we're all like, that is an ass. <laughs> I see all of an ass right now. Oh, oh, and, yeah. And uh, and I, I I go to my costumer who's sitting out there with me. I'm like, did you know she was gonna be wearing a tiny little thong like that? Because I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I do remember you, Allison. Um, the, a few, like a moment right before we had that moment to go on stage, you turned to me and David and were like, which pose should I do? And me and David were both like, oh, that one shows off more of your ass. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> I distinctly remember when you like were facing the way that like so that we could see not so that like yeah. I remember <laughs> I remember making eye contact with Cam and Liberty and we all went it. like we were like damn it like, we're all like you guys are seeing this right like, okay. like we just it started off as a very like side eye like and then we were all on the same page and it was like okay yeah we're all yeah this is good yeah okay this is good it's not just me right okay it's not just at me. least at least you were already on stage the other two are like i have to follow that <laughs> but but oh, i remember having some conversations with you and mm-hmm. like seeing your social media posts afterwards that was a great personal moment for you it was so i'm interested to hear about that um so yeah i was in a brown underwear you know thong awesome i <laughs> i don't think i've ever felt so obviously sexy i mean there's just just the word to describe all this but um I don't know. It just felt super empowering. And I remember my mom telling me, she's like, <laughs> some guy behind me yelled, marry me when I came out. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what? I didn't hear that. I wish I did. But I would have like winked at him or something, you know, like, yeah, but. Um, <laughs> you <know>. I'm yours. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. And but- when they first, like, I think Emily did, she was like, hey, so I'm kind of thinking by the end of this, you're like a nothing. And I'm like, oh, okay. And she's like, how do oh. you feel about that? And I was like, at first I was like, I'm kind of scared. Like, do you think it's like going to end up bad? Like, it's going to be too much, you know? And then um, she's like, no, honestly, I think you should just do it. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm just <laughs> going to say fuck it because when else am I going to be naked, half naked on stage <laughs> yeah. and just dance my ass off and have so much fun. Yeah. And, 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 and to be clear, there was no specific nudity. There was no nudity that I knew of. It was uh, no. pretty much all, yeah. all the naughty bits were covered. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, um, the only is... nipples that showed that night, I believe, were mine and Kale's. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, and gosh, I wish Kale was here today because going off of what 
Allie was saying here, and and I don't think I'm 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 oversharing here. Kale is a trans man who, and, and he might correct me at some other time, but he used this to feel good about the male body he has worked into. He looked great. He looked he great. Did. It was he absolutely he awesome. Kale was amazing. He was sexy and on, and he right. and I really got to bond a lot because mm-hmm. I sensed that he was also really nervous about showing off yeah. his more masculine body to the world yeah. and he needed about as much su- he I would say he probably needed more support than anybody in that yeah. moment yeah. and so he and I got to be really close because he and I got to talk about that whole becoming more confident in our masculinity and like mm. being just secure in ourselves as and masculinity as well as femininity if I'm being completely yeah. honest yeah. Well, I mean it, again it, it, just frankly, frankly three, like sexual nature oh absolutely you know just yeah. sexual uh, sexualism <laughs> I want to I'm trying to think uh, just yeah. uh, you know your just, your yeah. charisma yeah yeah you your know. sexual energy yeah yeah I was, well I'm very proud of him for doing that I mean I think mm-hmm. that takes a lot of guts you know well and that floor just... show he killed it like, oh my he, god when he dropped to his knees oh my god oh like, yeah there's another moment the crowd just like, just I'm lost their damn and I mean I was already like sweating because I had been like hauling ass trying to get to the floor <laughs> show trying to make sure I was ready in time and I would still be like getting chills like mm-hmm. watching it so Mm-hmm. He was the epitome of Brad Majors. Oh, well, and here's the thing that I loved about him with his costume suggestion. I mean, Allie came in and said, I've got a bra and underwear. That'll be fine. And we're like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. And, and, and then we're like, holy shit, that's a <laughs> Anyway, Kale says, what if I was like a Chippendales dancer? Yeah. And what do you mean? He said, well, you know, like the little collar with the bow tie and the cuffs, like with cuff links. And then that's about it. <laughs> and, and he had, uh, he had, as I recall, like some red spanks and some uh, rainbow suspenders. Yeah, I think so. And goddamn, like he got out there, and you would never have guessed that there was an ounce of doubt in his own personal sexual sexuality. Oh, absolutely. Like he was out there just going, "This is me. Yeah. This is what I got. You're gonna get a load of it, and if you don't like it." Go fuck yourself. (laughs) And that, I loved that for everybody. I opened the show that night with just a little bit of a speech to everybody, just saying, hey, you know, this is where everybody is finding their sexy. Go ahead and feel your sexy. They're going to be feeling their sexy up here tonight. Mm -hmm. So, I'm I'm, I'm, obviously, I'm hearing it here, but I think for at least one moment, y'all found your sexy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. It's oh, kind of yeah. hard not to. I mean, yeah. like <laughs> people like screen for me when I came out in that, and I was like, okay, uh, here I go. Then not, I'm just gonna do not it. Many times you're on stage and you have like hundred plus people yelling at you, and it's not bad. No, <laughs> like, right. oh, it's encouraging yelling. Yeah. Yeah. Please do more. The noises yeah. people made during my little solo bits in time. Yeah. I think personally, the part that built me the, uh, built me up the most out of the entire thing was when I went out there as magenta and I was doing my little oh my god sachet. girl yeah when I heard everybody I was like oh that's me <laughs> <laughs> they're doing that because of me well you okay. did so good in that I I was freaking awesome and I, I I I I'm gonna say it and then I'm gonna, I'm not trying to point people out here but we had several members of the cast that by traditional standards are considered fairly heavy people. Me. Okay, or, uh, or you know, they just don't. 
fit the traditional standards of beauty, whatever the hell those Me. are. Me. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But what we saw, and I'm going to use you as an example, Morgan. Please like, do. Because I, I know you you have said this uh, about yourself to me, if that's okay if yeah. I say that. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know what's necessarily sexy about this, about me. And we just went, girl, just feel it. <laughs> and it took you a couple times, but my God, when you started doing your dancing as magenta, holy shit, there's nobody who would have questioned that you were sexually confident or body <laughs> yeah. confident. Yeah, there was honestly. nobody. You go, I've got this, and you probably want this. <laughs> but like, everybody wanted it. it. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. And well, the best thing about all of that is... I didn't see that. I didn't see weight or anything like that. And I just, like, you looked past it. You didn't. Yeah. It just mm -hmm. wasn't there. Like, no type of judgment at all. Like, and honestly, it was beautiful the way everyone just was able to get out of their comfort zone and show off their body in a way that we all were just proud of it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it was empowering for all of us at the same time, like, individually. I mean, it was just. Yep. And I like usually hear about complaints from a show, like oh, anything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, if somebody went there thinking it was a nice, family-friendly, uh, <laughs> no, no. uh, good night, uh, let's bring the kids. Oh, no, them. no, yeah. I didn't hear anything about this one. All I heard was people having a ball, and I've already had people come up to me like, "When are we doing it again?" Because <laughs> I want in. I was out in the audience, and this this woman was sitting behind me. She'd never been to it. She'd never seen it. They told her, hey, dress, dress kind of sexy like you want to. And she did. And it was even a little uncomfortable then. By the end of it, she goes, I had no idea what I was getting into, but I had my sexy on. And I want in next yes. year. Hell yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, I mean, this is going to be a community-driven thing and uh, hopefully uh, continuing on an annual basis. So, you know, this thing is going to, pardon the metaphor, touch a lot of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I, mean, I, think, that's... I think that the biggest part of the whole performance was not just our chemistry with our partners, mm -hmm. but our chemistry with everybody on stage. Mm -hmm. It mm. wasn't... Me, me and Allison, we didn't hardly have any related roles. Mm. But... Yeah. When I saw her at Starbucks the other day, I still got just as excited as I did when I walked into the performance. <laughs> you know? Nice. Awesome. It's really interesting and, like, really cool to see, like, how, like, that same empowering feeling that we had on stage, like, seeing how that affects the people that are in the audience, too. Like, if oh, man. we felt that empowered and that was able to help somebody in a way that, like, they were able to come out of their shell just from, like, to a degree and, you know, like, under, like feel mm -hmm. more empowered and comfortable in their body just from sitting in the audience in the span of a show yeah and for that to push them to then want to become involved in the show like that's yeah. that's pretty impressive like well there there is a thing that i like to say a lot and i've been saying it for the past like 10 15 years now we are a culture of nerds it's interesting that in the ways we find a people and a tribe we belong to and i think without stating too hyperbolically uh, what you were just saying Bailey mm -hmm. is you got a lot of people who found a place where they felt like they belong yeah and you know we're here in Sheridan Wyoming and there is a I wouldn't say active but you know a, a present LGBTQ plus community who you know they they've found each other mm -hmm. they they reach out to each other but 
I would say underrepresented. Yeah, yeah. It's not just something that people can come out and say, yes, I identify as this gender or as this uh, sexuality, because a lot of people still here, I would say, just have a hard time understanding it. Yeah, it's, it's a rough area. Boy. Yeah, yeah. Which is going to bring me to a new line of questions here. And I'm going to ask everybody here mm-hmm. this kind of in a round-robin fashion. When we first started, we had one rehearsal one night where we sat down and we said, why are you doing this show? Now, I reached out to a ton of people and I said, okay, I'm putting the show together. I got interest from a lot of people. And so I said, of the people that said they're interested, I can make a cast out of this. I cast it right away without auditions. And I said, here we go. This is what we're doing. Everybody went, yep, this is what I'm doing. So I'm going to start with you, Morgan. Why did you do this show? So this was actually my second show. Right. And I loved the way that the first one made me feel Mm -hmm. because I actually played Magenta in the first show as well. (laughs) And it was so exciting to be part of a group of people with like-minded people Mm -hmm. that all wanted to feel sexy. Okay. And so when you told me you were going to do it again, I was so hyped. I was so hyped. I was like, let's go. Mm -hmm. Because... That sexy feeling, I mean, I could probably feel it any night, but the night of the performance, it is so unlike any other. Mm-hmm. It is indescribable how empowered, how sexy, how just amazing you feel. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. that was the feeling that I was looking for. And you know what was great was being out in the house, like I, I was really gauging the audience and watching them. I'm going to say something very sweet. It was so adorable to watch your fiance, soon to be husband Vincent, out there taking pictures of you and video and filming. He was bubbling over with pride, and it was just wonderful. Oh, and there you were up on stage going, "Oh yeah, this is all for you, baby." <laughs> I'm so glad I got to meet your fiance after the show. I was so concerned about what he would think, but he was so nice. I adore him. Mm-hmm. He's so well, sweet. and and he was in one of the very first productions that's been done mm-hmm. in town. He oh, was Eddie. No when kidding. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay, Cameron, what did you... You might want to skip over me, because that's going to be a tangent. Because my reason for being in the show kind of evolved over the course, so I have like two fully separate things. Bring it on. Okay, this might be a long tangent. That's okay. (laughs) I've got a lot Um, of time to go. So, I came to Sheridan two years ago for my first year of college. Um, I came to Sheridan because I knew Aaron Odom, and I thought... He would make a really good teacher. And I was just in this weird place. I've always been a very theater-centric person. I was raised in community theater. Uh, Some of my earliest memories are like eating Taco Bell and reading scripts off of the shelves in a green room in a local community theater. Like those are my core memories. And from like eighth grade to present, I average four to seven shows every single year that I am a part of. Great. And as like involved and passionate about theater as I am, there was a point, especially in high school, where it really just destroyed my self-esteem. A slew of roles that just broke me inside and adapting very unhealthy acting tactics. Uh, okay. This is why I can't be a method actor. I have Good. been perma- Good. Yeah. <laughs> I have been permanently ruined because um, people let me method act characters oh. who still give me nightmares. Oh, oh gosh. Oh, no. I was Judd Fry in Oklahoma. Is implied he rapes a woman in a dream sequence. Yeah. Like, that thing you were saying about people not separating people from their roles? Oh. My senior year of high school, 
a lot of people thought I was a creep because they saw me as the perverted farmer rapist yeah. in Oklahoma. Yeah. And it led to this whole thing. I almost quit theater multiple times. And again, in Sheridan, I just wasn't necessarily getting the creative nourishment I was hoping for because well, of... after after coming out of what you just told us, like, yeah. you know, it would it sounded like it was going to take a yeah, lot. Yeah, but because, again, COVID happened. Right. And the thing was... <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> it just keeps I going. Almost, I almost had a moment where I found that fire in myself from directing because mm. I was directing in my senior project in high school was going to be I was directing a one-act horror play called Las Llorones, which was about... Oh, yeah. Um, it's about like this old Spanish folklore about like the woman in white drowns her children because her husband mm -hmm. cheated on her. Mm -hmm. um, and it was about how that myth evolved over time and the different historical things. And it was like these five women who all were a different interpretation of La Llorona, all just sort of intermingling in each other's stories, all like orchestrated by El Diablo himself. And it got canceled the week it was supposed to open <laughs> because the schools closed. And that left me spiraling and it was a whole thing and when i knew rocky horror was going on i walked into this with this feels like a show where i can fully embrace the out there insanity intense wild <laughs> chaotic energy that i like to bring to roles oh man and you do you oh do. absolutely <laughs> i was terrified of touching people because again I didn't have a lot of experience with that. Nobody really taught me how to interact and touch people, especially in like the theatrical, sexy manner. And so, like again, it was a major thing where any time I had to touch someone, um, I would go around to everyone in the cast, even if I didn't touch them, or like, "How are we feeling tonight? Where are you? How are you feeling?" And then every time I got off stage, it would be immediately, "How how do you feel? Did I touch you in a way you were uncomfortable with? Is there anything I can do to make you feel better?" And I feel like that really helped me connect with everybody in the cast and get more comfortable being sexy in myself. And then I realized somewhere along the way, this is a whole nother thing. I am an assigned male at birth autistic person. Oh, wow. And so that has led to a major amount of cognitive dissonance and disconnection from my sexuality and just being able to express myself sexually in general. Mm -hmm. I believed I was asexual um, up until my senior year of high school, which turned out to just be me believing from between the fact that I was autistic to the fact that I am in fact a pretty heavy set man that I was incapable of ever being perceived as attractive or sexy by anybody. Mm, okay. And so I repressed any potential feelings I could have had because why would I want to subject myself to feelings that could never truly be reciprocated? And again, that led to some major sexual repression and I was just coming out of that. And as I was going into the show and getting comfortable with everybody and realizing, oh shit, I'm not just the creepy hunchback monster. I get a moment to be legitimately sexy with these people. Mm -hmm. yeah. And again, the floor show reveal was one of the greatest moments of my life. <laughs> and it just led to this moment, the cheering that I got from that show. And at oh, some man. point, this show evolved from being just me trying to get my theatrical creativity back and became me claiming my sexuality in a world where I just don't really have a lot of opportunities to really be a sexual being. Oh, yeah. Because with just how society views men and how like there's a lot of like social constructs and stuff that like you as an autistic person are afraid to like engage or try to talk to people. Right. Because like, again, I understand that men are scary and like there's a very dangerous culture and that it's not always safe for women to just talk to random men or like just yeah. 
to engage in that. Mm -hmm. But again, from my perspective, that means any attempt that I make to like engage and like try to find a partner could potentially be me terrifying and potentially like doing damage to a person. And that's right. the last right. thing I would ever want. Right. Because if I get one social cue wrong, suddenly mm -hmm. it's not just an awkward attempt at a romantic advance, it's I'm being a creep. Right. 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 And so this safe space to just be like, hey, can I just grab your face and pull you into like this like very primal, sexy tango? Please do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Again, um, you were uncomfortable and like when you texted me just randomly saying, hey, can we get together and just work our scene so we know how to touch each other? That was a huge sigh of relief for me because I didn't know how to tell you that I wanted to the same thing with you. <laughs> we had met, talked like twice before that. I was in another show, so I came in much later. But mm -hmm. that show was about ah. being able to find my sexuality freely. And again, I walked away from that show feeling, honestly, me and time were <laughs> pretty hot. Me. <laughs> I left it Ripping all out Ripping your there. shirt off and throwing your clothes to the crowd, Cameron. Oh, that's right. I lost my favorite vest that night. <laughs> no, you didn't. No, you didn't. Oh, that's right. I gave it back. Somebody, <laughs> somebody caught it and found me later. And they're like, I think he wanted to keep this. I'm like, did he throw it to you? And they're like, well, yeah. I'm like, your call then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, those were some nice clothes, but those were my gifts to the audience. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yes. All right. But yeah, that's really what this show Beautiful. was for me. It oh, was yeah. truly helped me reclaim my identity. Allison, you're um, up. Yeah, so I guess I'll start a little bit in high school too. Um, I did do theater in high school, and I loved every second of it. And I did come to Sheridan doing theater as my major first, but some complications came up and everything, and so I had to just switch to business and everything. But when Aaron told me, hey, I'm doing this show and you should, you know, do it. And I was like, okay. Like, I <laughs> finally had that moment where I was like, I'm going to be in a show again. I'm going to be on stage. And like, you know, and I was just so excited for it. Well, as I recall from our initial conversations, you were saying something about it being more of an adult role. Yeah, and not, yeah. And I, I guess I never really asked you what that meant. I mean, obviously, yes, Rocky Horror is a little bit more adult in nature. But I don't think that's entirely what you meant. I feel like, I mean, in high school, you can't really do anything, like, super explicit. Too in racy, that, yeah. yeah but, in that type of way. I mean, way. you can still do things where you're bringing up things that maybe the audience needs to confront, you know? Right. I mean, uh, I remember in, in my high school years, I did the show Rebel Without a Cause, which is about, you know, basically kids feeling anxious and, and, and wanting their parents to stand up for them and things like that. It's still uncomfortable, but it's not... not <laughs> I'm gonna go and and get my sexy on. So that's really kind of where you were going. Like I want to explore that part of acting. Yeah, I, I did, and I'm glad I did it because I found that new sense of my body. And you know, I'm honestly I'm constantly sexualized. I mean, I'm a blonde skinny girl who has you know decent boobs, and I am, <laughs> I am told that quite often. You know, and it's nice. Yes, don't get me wrong, but after a while, it was just overwhelming you know and like mm. are, are people ever going to see me as you know a businesswoman who wants to change the world who wants to be this manager and a boss and everything like am i ever going to be seen that way you know and like right are they just going to see you as a colleague who might be uh, presenting uh you know a collaborative opportunity mm -hmm. 
that doesn't involve sexuality at all. And well, this show, I was finally okay with being sexy and like not letting other people define it for right, me. Right, right. If that makes sense. So really what you're saying is it empowered you a little bit more. Like in a way, and I, I, I really don't want to be sexist here. That's okay. That is an asset. <laughs> I mean, yeah. frankly, I mean, there are some people who would be like, I would like to be that and be able to control and intimidate people in that way. At the same time, it's like you now know that about yourself. So whether you use that as an asset or not is up to you now. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's on your dime. Right? Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. And I, I did want to do something more adultish in a way of being able to not censor anything, you know? And mm-hmm. like just be able to be free. Freeing was the perfect word for me earlier. Like, I was just able to kind of let go and not have to worry about, like, the judgment or worry about the constant stereotypes that go along with, you know, society and everything. And I didn't even think about it. I'll have to say, (laughs) uh, your mom came up to me afterwards, and it was one of the most awkward conversations I've ever had in my life. (laughs) Because I'm there with... Andra and we're just going wow what just happened this was an amazing show and your mom comes up and she goes hi I'm I'm Allison's mom I go oh my gosh yeah and I could not read her expression (laughs) because honestly if I were a parent and I saw my child go up and do that and look that way and and get marriage proposals shouted to her from the audience I would have to take a moment to take it all in and it looked like after a little while she went my God, this girl has found something that made her feel amazing. And as a parent, that's what I want to see for my kid. I definitely did feel that. It was... <laughs> but the conversation was like, hi, 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 <laughs> wow. Uh, I didn't know how you'd feel about this. She kind of just went, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, well, it's great to meet you. I have some things to... Uh. And she stood there for a moment, too. Like, are we done? Are we I done? think that... Uh. But it sounded like she had a great time. We're she, Facebook buddies now, so... Yeah, she's probably one of the most open and understanding people I've ever met in my life. Like, awesome. without my mom, I, I wouldn't be where I'm at. I, mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't have... The confidence or any any of that without her so i mean you probably did feel awkward but honestly she so understanding and open like it, it probably wouldn't even like no she was probably totally okay with it nice nice but yeah well, awesome mm-hmm. okay bailey are you ready for this sure are you because <laughs> yeah. i i saved you for last on this oh, no. because I, there when we first talked about this yeah there was such a big question from you that i went oh my gosh I hope you find what you're looking for here. Yeah. Because when we talked about this, you had a very specific kind of outset when when you started. So when we first started, like, I had my reasons. Everybody here had their reasons. What did you say? So the I had only very recently moved back to Sheridan. I had spent the last almost three years um, living in Idaho. Um, it had been, like, a really last-minute move back. Things were, like circumstances were not great you know it had been like rough couple months so things were like very like rocky haha rocky (laughs) (laughs) like rocky start you know so things were like really rough and I had like for the first time in a really long time I had like a lot of questions about like who I was as a person as far as like my gender and sexuality went which is like something that I personally hadn't really 
had to like think about or struggle with since I was um I don't know like, much younger much because I've known you for a number of years yeah, and yeah. and over the past several years if you don't mind my saying so no, yeah. you you presented yourself as very comfortably lesbian yeah right? yeah 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 okay and and you were in a very different spot when we started yeah um, yeah, so I, I mean, I, I came out as a lesbian, I think, in, like, seventh grade or something. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, really, it was, like, one of those things that, like, from the time I was very young was, like, oh, yeah, this is who I am. And it was one of those things that never really was, like, I never questioned it, you know? It just yeah, seemed you like, knew it. Yeah, yeah, this was just who I am. That was, like, never, you know? And, I mean, like, it was still scary for me to come out and stuff like that. And, like, there, I, I had issues and things like, you know, growing up in Sheridan, Wyoming as right. an openly... <laughs> Right. <laughs> a queer person was not right. Was not fun. Um, it was never like any of that pushed me to be like, oh, is this who I am? Like it was always very black and white for me. And then, uh, like, if I'm just being like completely honest, um, my partner, um, who I'd been with for nine years, broke up with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was, I mean. <laughs> Not it wasn't a mutual thing. I was still very like you know, right, but it was just, and part of the reason you moved home. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was the reason I moved home. Yeah. Um. It was just one of those things that just it wasn't gonna work anymore for you know just various right. reasons. Right. And we're still she's still like my best friend in the entire world. Like I would do anything for her. We're still right. on very good terms. It was just one of those. But like, as partners, it's like this isn't working. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was one of those things where I was like I could stay here. But I think what I need for myself is to figure things out because mm-hmm. it was a very like confusing thing to try and live with the person that I was still very much in love with, you know what right, I mean? Right, to like right. still be in the same house with right. someone who is now no longer my romantic partner. Yeah, no, that'd be too hard. It was, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I <laughs> called my mom bawling and I was like, I need you to come get me. Like, <laughs> my, and I packed my car full of yeah. as much stuff as I could and my dad drove down and he picked me up yeah. and we came yeah. home so and, and I'll say it like I've known your family for a while you 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 are all very close yeah that's a very close and supportive family yes. and that's awesome I don't know what that. I would do without them yeah he, he really like he drove in one night to come and get me and he drove me home the next day so yeah. and and that's awesome I've been still awesome. like staying with them so like mm-hmm. I don't have to like I'm living with my parents again which ugh, but <laughs> I've been there I've been there I've but, been there like I can't I don't know what I would do without right. them but like right. it was like stepping back like nine years is a long time to be with someone Damn. but <laughs> like because oh we were you know like high school sweethearts like mm-hmm. you know the whole like mm-hmm. known each other since we were born you know like so this was like for the first time I was like it gave me like a weird space to think about like relationships and who I was and like even mm-hmm. during the last like couple years of our relationship I had felt like a weird sense of insecurity about who I was as a person not the relationship but just me mm-hmm. and like my sexuality and stuff and there was like some weird things that I was just like I feel like there are things about me that I like wouldn't let myself question because then it made me feel some insecurities about the relationship and mm-hmm. stuff like that you know right. like if I thought too much about it then I was going to try and find oh, NC. Yeah, so yeah, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. shut it all down. You know, yeah. if I think about this, I'm going to find problems here, here, here. Like, it was too much, so I didn't think about it. But then I didn't have that, like... I, you didn't have that pressure. Yeah. So here you are in this place where you're surrounded by people who are supporting you. You don't feel the pressure of having to figure that out at the price of upsetting your partner. Right. Uh, and, and, and now you're in this place where you're like, what am I again? Yeah. 
Yeah, pretty much. So it's, and I mean, if I'm being completely honest, even through all of this, it's like, I still have like a big old question mark (laughs) over everything. Okay. But I was, this was one of those things that I remember my dad was like, you should check your email. And I was like, okay. (laughs) He was like, Aaron Odom (laughs) sent you an email. (laughs) (laughs) And um, it's for Rocky Horror. And I was like, okay. And I honestly, at first I was like, I wasn't going to do it because Mm -hmm. I was just in a very bad headspace. And I was like, I think the last thing I want to do right now is like be around a bunch of people and like be on stage, be on stage, be in in sexy with a bunch of strangers. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Pretend like I feel like I'm, you know, really fantastic and sexy when I feel, you know, completely the opposite. And then Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe this is what I need. Like, Mm -hmm. maybe this is like the push that I need. So I emailed you back and I was like, I want to do this. Mm -hmm. Like, I want to do this. And I'm really, really, really glad I did. <laughs> we are too. Yeah. <laughs> because, whoo. Um, so I had all of that. And I have, like, trauma and all of these other things. that, And it was just all of these, like, sexuality and gender and trauma that I had just spent so many years not dealing with. Yeah, because stuffing away. Yeah, I had just been down. pushing it down and pushing it down because I was like, I cannot handle what it might, like, the answers that come yeah, from Yeah, and oh, I can't yeah. risk ruining these good things that I have yeah. by what I might find, you know? Like, mm-hmm. And so finally I was like, I need to, like, this burying these things is not actually healing. No. <laughs> I, no. <laughs> I tried to convince myself it was. It is not. So I've just, I've been healing. Good. <laughs> and it's not easy. It's a no. lot easier to push things down, but it's... But if you push it down, it keeps coming back up. You know yeah, what I yes. mean? So yeah. and, I'm and in some cases more violently. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm working through it, and Good. so it's I don't I don't have all the answers yet, but I feel like for the first time in like I don't know maybe my whole life. You know what I mean? I don't know how long this has been fighting. Like I don't know how long I've been trying to mm. like repress all of this. You know what I mean? Like I can't I couldn't give you an actual answer, but for the first time after like actually being around all these people and being like. I trust these people so deeply and like the intimacy training and everything, especially just for me specifically, was like, I have to be comfortable with myself. Like, Mm -hmm. because again, like it's that, like if I don't give it a second thought, it can't hurt me. Like, Mm. and I have like, no, I have to pay attention. Like, am I comfortable with someone touching me here? Because if I don't pay attention, to that, right. then this is going to be a problem. And it's, so it's I gonna, didn't. It's going to come up later yeah, in a way you don't expect. Exactly. So I ha- I was kind of forced to confront that there. And oh. so I was like, well, shit, thanks a lot, Aaron. <laughs> 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 I'm like standing there. I'm Here's like, your therapy. Swallow <laughs> it. Literally, I'm like, I'm standing there that first night, and you're like, okay, so we're going to do this. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> oh no. I'm like, okay. I'm like, maybe I just won't tell Patrick. And I'm like, no, don't do that. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm just going to be honest. And honestly, Patrick and I were so awkward the first night. We were both, I was like, oh, yeah. It was so awkward, but we were both on the same page where we mm-hmm. were like, let's just be very, very, very honest with each other. Like, this is uncomfortable. You're uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So let's just be very open about it. And like, so we just worked our way through it. And I was like, I'd, even just after the first night, I was like, something about being really like, awkward and vulnerable and like even if you laugh about it like hey that was really awkward but we we got through it and it gets easier and less awkward the more you do it was that it, awkward like... for you yes it was also awkward for me okay cool. good Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> now right. i feel better um, but 
and even just after that first night, it was like just its weight had been like lifted off my chest because I was like, I'm confronting what makes me uncomfortable and why. Yeah. And like, I can then like, it's there's, there's something about like being able to say like, this is why I'm uncomfortable with this. And I don't even have to tell someone else. I don't have to tell any of you guys why, mm-hmm. but I can just say, hey, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. And you guys say, okay. 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 What would work? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and like if, if I, if I went in, I'm like, put my hand like in the small of your back. Yeah. I'm like, nope, that's not working tonight. Okay. It's like, but we have to do something. Right. And so, yeah. How about between my shoulders? That will work better. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. And it's also, it's something about knowing that I have to find something that'll work too, because sometimes I feel like I get really discouraged being like, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't work. But yeah. it's like, well, what will? Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, because there is, there's always yeah. something yeah. else. Like, okay, so maybe you're not a lesbian. That's okay. Oh, wow. You're something else, something else will work. It's okay. You don't have to have that. You know what I mean? Does, oh. Does, oh, you know? So I've sort of had this like weird revelation where it's like, I don't have to have all the answers right now. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my word. I will say two so things. I'm just kind of being me. <laughs> I, I will say two things that I enjoyed in your journey through this as watching as the director and, you know, the puppet master and everything <laughs> um, was. One day you came, and, and listeners, um, Bailey has a buzz cut, okay? It's very, very close, and it looks great on her. Oh, thanks. Um, yes, it does. I don't think it was the pink color that it is now when we started. And you came to me, and you went, is that going to be okay? <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my response was, absolutely fucking yes. Um, <laughs> just go right ahead. And now this is her. This is this is who she is right now. Yeah. This cute pink lemonade buzz cut that she's got right now and it's amazing that was one thank you (laughs) the other was there was one night when i could sense like we were still in that awkward phase of (laughs) i don't know what is sexy about me everybody was feeling it and i looked around at the cast i went everybody here sees somebody else's sexy and they don't they don't get it they don't see it in themselves and I can't remember if I opened it up. I said, does anybody want to know? what? Did, was that how it happened? Did I ask that? Yeah. I said, does anybody want to know what anybody else sees about was them? Was this the sexy? thing that, about me? Yep. Because this was when you you actually just, we were doing the floor show for the first time. Mm-hmm. And you were like, okay, Bailey, go. And I couldn't you, move. You, yeah, you were like, I don't, don't want that. <laughs> I couldn't move. Okay, yeah. get up there and do a strip show for us, okay? Yeah. Be burlesque, right? <laughs> I don't think I'm provoked. So... Uh, yeah, I, I brought it up. I said, does anybody want to know? And Bailey, I think you you just said, yes, I want to know. Raise hand, please. And <laughs> I think it was Emily, our costumer. Yeah. goes, Bailey, you got ass for days. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and what I mean by that is she's got some very nice curves, okay, that some people go, God, I would kill for that. Honestly. You know, I had <laughs> I had a, a, a student in the same situation years ago, or a cast member years ago in the same situation. And I said, "You got that," and I'm not pointing it out to be sexualizing you. I'm saying that right there is what somebody finds attractive. So you have the power on that. And from then on, Bailey, you were swinging that thing all over the place. And it was amazing. The hips were rocking, and people were like, dude, you cannot stop watching that. It's nice when a stranger points it out because, I mean, mean, we weren't really strangers. We were acquaintances at that point. But Mm -hmm. it was nice when somebody would point something out like that that you just wouldn't notice. 
Because when you hear it from your fiance or from your parents, you're like, you have to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Strangers, you're like, you don't know me from a tin can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So well, and, and in that environment too, you knew that the person giving you that critique was not trying to sexualize you. They weren't trying to get anything out of it. Yeah. Not yeah. like women, you've all heard it. Hey, you should smile more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but I mean, you know, when somebody goes, you know what I like about you? This. Mm-hmm. And that's just it. I wish that I had a, just a slice of that for myself. Like, I could do that. And that, that to me, for you, Bailey, that was so amazing to see just the, oh, I've got that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sure I followed up with, "Yep, you have an hourglass figure, so yeah. work it." <laughs> so I'm like, <laughs> flaunt that shit because, damn, I would. <laughs> if I may add a little yes. complimentary thing about your body and how oh, you presented yes, yourself yes. in Rocky Horror, one thing I really noticed about mm-hmm. you is the way you did this rotating hip pop when you like. Ooh. It was like, oh, yeah. like, and you gave off a lot of like jazzy pop energy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it gave you like this almost like light, colorful, cutesy, sexy to you. Yeah, yeah. Like you didn't radiate a lot of like super sultry energy, mm-hmm. but it was like very bold and like very playful, it's and very, that's mm, what, like what made Liza you. Liza Minnelli Cabaret is what. Oh, I absolutely! Yeah. Like yeah, it gave off a lot of that just jazz energy mm-hmm. where it wasn't trying to be sexy it just mm-hmm. was that way because it was so into itself yep. thank you yeah. guys absolutely oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. all right so we've been chatting for a while here and uh, god <laughs> what a wonderful thing to reminisce about what yeah. a wonderful thing to reminisce about and thank you all for opening up and sharing so much i hope i didn't overshare yes, no 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 i mean <laughs> this is all your comfort level going out to the world i have an international audience at this point so. <laughs> but i i want to just open it up for any kind of last thoughts here that uh anybody has about the uh, about the show about the performance about the thing anything that you'd want to share cameron you got something um, one thing I've been wanting to say for a while now. Um, one thing I really noticed and liked about our um, show in particular is um, the movie, of course, Tim Curry is the star. He was the main person in that show, mm-hmm. but with the way we ran the show, it didn't feel like there was a star. There wasn't a single person who stole the show. Yeah. It felt like we were all an equal ensemble. We were all the main and characters. And we all just reverberated this phantasmagorical energy of (laughs) pure chaotic self-confidence and support in each other that we all had our moment where we made the audience scream. Like, there was no, yeah. there was no the person. There was no person. No, there was in that nothing show. but stealing the show. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Everybody yeah. stole the show. And in that process, it never felt like anybody was trying to one up each other. Yeah, it felt like it wasn't we were competitive. Like it felt like. And that's something that with the show could very dangerously could happen. Like somebody tries to outdo everybody else. But to us, to me at least, it felt like we were all just screaming so loudly and just (laughs) being ourselves so unapologetically while being with each other that our screams all became one. And then it was just this loud, chaotic, passionate cacophony of raw passion and pleasure. Ooh. Sorry, that was Ooh. a mouthful. That was outstandingly poetic. Yeah, what is yeah, that? Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know if anybody else has anything to add. I think that sums it up really I was going to say, you want me to follow that? Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I don't, I don't think know. we can. I don't think I don't we can. Know. Well, uh, 
So I think that my favorite part of this entire production, I've been in productions before, not just Rocky, and I have never had a family out of the cast. Yeah. yeah. And seriously, yeah. when everyone started pulling up that made it today, I was yeah. like, it's a family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... Like and we had a game night one night, and yeah. it was fun because it was a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. And, and the members of the cast who couldn't make it today are all they they had. Some of them got sick. Some of them were exposed to uh, COVID positive people. Uh, some of them just they couldn't make it, and we felt their loss. Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to have uh, one-on-one interviews with the rest of them, and that's going to be part two of this episode, just mm-hmm. a postmortem of Rocky Horror Picture Show 21. Hopefully, we get to keep doing this year after year. And if any of you are here, you're certainly welcome to join up again. I will <laughs> probably be gone. Oh well, well, I'm sorry. I got accepted got... into Columbia College in Chicago. So yes! yes! If I can pull uh, off the financial aid, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm oh, that's so that amazing. Awesome. Also, there is one more thing I wanted to say. Okay. Yeah. You were all the first group of people that I felt like I didn't have to second guess where I stood with you. Uh, you were the first group of people where I didn't feel like is my autism making me perceive my relationship with these people as being closer than it was. Mm-hmm. You were my first I trust you completely people. And I want to thank you for that. Agreed. And I'll yeah. say I think that was one amazing byproduct mm-hmm. of this pandemic that is still going on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Never I keep forgetting that COVID keeps ha- is still yeah, around. Yeah. Oh, uh, but but it's 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 a thing where you've just got nothing but respect and understanding for a lot of people that their voices might not have been heard mm-hmm. for a long time. And now we're doing that. It's just a time. It's a time when yeah. now we're looking at that stuff. And we're not necessarily going, okay, wake up and listen to all these different voices. We're going, hey, we now understand that these voices are actually saying something. Mm-hmm. And they can be heard. And that's okay. Yep. Oh, all of you, thank you so much. I, uh, I, I couldn't have asked for a better production last year. I couldn't have asked for it. So, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, for Bailey Hansen, Allison Sweeney, Cameron Allender, uh, Catherine Mansfield, who had to jet a little bit early, and uh, Morgan Reynolds, my name is Aaron Odom. We're all signing off here. Uh, Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you in another two weeks. I will see you at intermission.